Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello, this is Crunch bringing you the Radioactive Show Produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people in Fitzroy, Melbourne well, the verdict's out and the South Australian Citizens' Jury, a group of 350 members of the public set up by the Jay Wetherill government to assess the proposal of a high-level international radioactive waste dump in SA, have come up with a majority answer. On 6th of November, they released their report in which 70% of the jury have said no to a high-level waste dump under any circumstances. In today's show, we explore the process and the result with Jim Green of Friends of the Earth, Tauto Sansbury, a member of the No Dump Alliance and chairperson of the South Australian Aboriginal Congress, Trisha Gioli, one of the citizens' jury, and Karina Lester, chairperson of the Yunkanjara Native Title Holders. It's a fascinating insight to the flawed process and to many what was an unexpected outcome. Here's Dr Jim Green. Jim, I was wondering, what what are your opinions on the process of having a citizen's jury? And has there ever been something similar as part of a suggested nuclear project before, whether it's waste or mining or...? Uh, I don't know of any similar processes regarding nuclear issues, but it seems to be something that they're playing around with in South Australia. But yeah, so no, there's certainly history of it around the world, and South Australia certainly seems to be interested in it. Mm. And, uh, you know, we were often thinking through this sort of issue. I mean, if South Australia was to go ahead with a big nuclear project, uh, like hosting an international nuclear waste dump, you would need broad public support. Mm. You would need support from affected traditional owners and affected local communities. So there would be at least three levels of of consensus around the issue. And uh, by all means, a citizen's jury could form part of that broad process. So... In principle, I think it's a good idea, mm. but this whole thing was an absolute disgrace and an outrage from start to finish. Uh, I mean, starting with the Royal Commission, which was loaded and stacked with nuclear advocates, but also the citizens' jury process itself. It was uh, run by an organisation which seemed to be pretty determined to give the South Australian Premier the, the, the result that he was after. Mm. Uh, and there was so many levels of bias, starting with the, the loaded question, which was strongly nudging people towards a conditional yes answer. Mm. What was that question? Um, well, the question was, uh, uh, under what circumstances, if any, uh, could South Australia proceed with this nuclear waste project? Yeah. And if you take that literally, well, I mean, South Australia could proceed with that project in... And, an infinite number of ways. Mm. I mean, it's a stupid, ridiculous question mm. and it's loaded towards a yes answer. Mm. And as they elaborated on the potential responses, they said you could, well, the Premier directly said that you could give him a uh, a red light, a green light or an amber light. And again, <laughs> that's nudging people towards an amber light. Mm. And he said himself that he regards an amber light as proceed with caution. Mm. Uh, so presumably a green light is proceed with reckless abandon. Um, so again, you know, there's two yeses there. Mm. Uh, both the green light and the amber light are yes, go ahead. And there's only one no answer. But anyway, despite the multiple levels of outrageous manipulation of this disgraceful process, 
the jury has just given a flat no. There's mm. two thirds of the jurors have said no under any circumstances. Were you surprised with that as a result, given all that context, context and the way it had been conducted? Yeah, I was I was staggered and mm. delighted, um, especially reading their report. Mm. And two things that come through loud and clear are firstly, Aboriginal people have borne the brunt of this industry historically and they were loud and almost unanimous in their opposition and the jurors have strongly respected that. So that's fantastic. Mm. That's going to make it really hard for Premier Jay Weatherall to, to go against not only the citizen jury, but to go against that very clear no from traditional owners. Mm. And the other thing that came through really clearly in the jury's report is this uh, sham economics report that purported to demonstrate that South Australia was going to become filthy rich if they went ahead with this project. Mm. Um, It was exposed that that economic report was produced by a consultancy with deep connections to the nuclear industry and a clear vested interest in this project going ahead. And, uh, you know, they've been exposed, mm. plain and simple. So the jurors had zero confidence, firstly, in the economics report, but second, in the process. I mean, they were being taken for a ride and they weren't prepared to go along with, with a clearly uh, flawed process and a flawed economic report. That was Jim Green, National Nuclear Free Campaigner with Friends of the Earth. Next, Radioactive Show co-producer Michaela and I spoke to Tauto Sansbury about the result. Yeah, so you've been really involved with the No Dump Alliance and the Citizens' Jury process. Tell us how that's been and how it felt this week to have this fantastic announcement that the jury have said no. I think it's been very interesting, especially from the from the Aboriginal side and our involvement in it, you know, and working with Karina Lester and Rose Lester and the Ajumatna women and and the Anagu uh, mob from up north through the APY lands and west uh, west coast, which is Sajuna and Yalata and all of that. I think it's been great from, from our part, uh, but I think what's been also great is the non-Aboriginal involvement and how we've all got together and we've all, all worked together. And planned and protested and done media releases i think it's, i think it's been fantastic mm. and um were you surprised by the outcome of the of the uh jury this week with the strong message of not supporting the importation of high level waste i think well yes i was quite surprised and i think a lot of the people that were we've been working with was surprised because the citizens' jury was a Jay Weatherall suggestion. It was to get, you know, different people involved in it. And, you know, we thought, well, the citizens' jury is a Jay Weatherall, you know, baby, and uh, it's basically going to give him the the message that he wants. But mm-hmm. I think he was quite surprised that the message that he wanted, he didn't get. And when they said no, and 70% or two-thirds said no, sorry, we can't go ahead with this and we don't support it, he was, I believe he was quite surprised. He most probably sat him back on his ass a bit, but huh. bluntly. It, it does feel like something that doesn't often happen in our so-called democracy at the moment where there's actually some public views harnessed and investigated and then they come out with um, uh, 
you know, against what the government has pretty much been planning to do. So do you think that was particularly because of the strong alliance and work that you did with the No Dump Alliance? Or, or what do you think contributed to that outcome? Like I said, I think what contributed was the working relationship that we as Aboriginal created with the non-Aboriginal uh, people and, and the way that South Australia is has been against the you know, nuclear waste being imported into into Australia. Mm. Look, I was quite surprised because in all the times that I've been involved in Aboriginal affairs, and it's getting on near on 40 years, for me, this is one of the one of I think one of the greatest wins that we've had over a, over a government at this present moment, and that doesn't really happen, and it doesn't happen much in our in our community, where <clears throat> where we have a resounding win that you know make you feel good, and that you've actually done something. And um, so, what is the next step from here? Do you have any indication of what the Weatherall government? Uh, going to do and and also are there any plans from the No Dump Alliance? Well the No Dump Alliance and uh, Conservation SA is meeting with Jay Witherall on Friday. Unfortunately I can't go to that. Uh, they're going to go and present Jay Witherall's I think around 40,000 signatures to say that no we don't want the dump so that's another sort of nail in the coffin say that this is going to be a difficult task for you, but I honestly believe that he's going to push ahead with it because I think he's coming to the end of his political career and he's looking to go out with a bang, but, you know, we don't want that bang to happen to us, to South Australia. Mm. Yeah, one one person's bang is, you know, that's that's a unacceptable well, person, price to pay. Well, like, yeah, like in one person's bang is all of our doom. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, anything can happen to this. You know, when you're talking about bringing in 138,000 tonnes of nuclear waste and storing it above ground for 70 to 100 years before you can put it underground, that's a big problem for South Australia and, and Australia. And we've looked at all of the other possibilities of something happening to it, you know, a terrorist attack on this, on the dump while it's above ground. And, you know, it's going to be something like five to eight times bigger than Adelaide Oval. And then it's going to have about 138 to 240 kilometres of tunnel underground. And, you know, we don't know the stability of, of, of the country. We know it's hot. We know we get earth tremors in, in the Flinders Ranges. And already, you know, Muckety Station, Muckety... Uh, no dump alliance in in the Northern Territory said no, and they, they were kicked out. And you know, we in South Australia are saying the same thing, and we don't want it here. I just don't understand where Jay Weatherall is coming from, and where he thinks that we've got the answers to to store in this and storing it safely. And so, there's been a huge amount of public funding that has gone into this whole process which um, you know we've seen by reports that have come out recently has really just been pushed by a few pro-nuclear industry figures but what um, yeah where would you like to see this kind of funding being put in South Australia? Well uh, it can be put into 
clean, green energy. You know, you can, you, this is something I think is going to be around $500 million at the end of the day that's going to be spent in relation to trying to get this through. That's, you know, for me as a taxpayer, and I am a taxpayer, it's totally unacceptable. And the government's always talking about the taxpayers' dollars. Well, let's think about it and think clearly. But Jay Weatherall, I know the man personally, is not thinking about anything else but his own opinion and what, what he thinks is good for the state. Mm. So one of the things that Jay Weatherall did when uh, he started this process off is he got the ex-governor of South Australia, Commissioner Scarce, to to run the uh, run the uh, gauntlet for him. Commissioner Scarce had two meetings with the 22 native title groups in South Australia. And on both occasions, we told him, no, we didn't want it. But on the second occasion, when he was speaking to us in Adelaide, and we told him again unanimously that we didn't want the dump in South in South Australia, his response back to 22 native title chairpersons was, maybe I'm speaking to the wrong people. Yeah, it's just disgusting, isn't it? That... It is. It was disgusting. And he was told in no uncertain terms exactly what we thought. Mm. But, you know, that was, again, that statement that he made, and I continue to reiterate it every time I speak to people, was read out to the uh, the citizens' jury hmm. where they didn't like it, and they, they accepted that uh, he was out of place. And, you know, I mean, we will continue to use that statement as we continue to ca- carry on. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, and that was Tauto Soundsbury, Chairperson of the South Australian Aboriginal Congress. I also had the opportunity to hear firsthand from one of the citizens' jurors, Tricia Gioli, and I began by asking her about the process of decision-making. OK, well, it was a really interesting process. We, uh, I, The way that I would describe it, I've been thinking about this, it's, it's like you're in a giant whirlpool of a conversation. Mm. And it was just like you got caught up in this big conversation between hundreds of people. And you would have a conversation with someone, you'd talk through an idea, and perhaps a day later you'd hear that idea but slightly different in a slightly different version or framed in a slightly different way and you'd think about it again and then another idea would come out. So Mm. it was this giant collective conversation that happened kind of informally. Mm. But then there was also a very formal component and I think it was uh, Democracy Code's um, attempt to move us towards consensus. And I'm not sure in hindsight whether it was actually necessarily a great idea because it's an incredibly polarising issue. Mm. So South Australia, uh, the South Australian community has been responding to some kind of nuclear, um, um, I guess, industry mm. proposal over many years. Like we have 50, 60 years experience. And as a community, we are actually um, very strong in responding to that industry proposal so um, I don't know that they anticipated that and I don't know that they realised necessarily that that polarises the community like it makes a lot of people really strongly one way or the other Mm. so then when you're trying to get consensus out of a group of people who are polarised 
really the only way they can end up coming to consensus is some strange position in the middle. And we really thought that that's what they were trying to do okay. all along. So it's interesting that that was one of the uh, aims of Democracy Co to have a, a consensus um, answer and that I was discussing with uh, Dr. Jim Green about the possible answers of the sort of the red light, amber light, green light, and that I guess a middle a middle kind of answer may have been the amber, but it did end up coming out as a majority no. What what do you think caused that to be the, I guess, the Oh, eventual? okay. Well, there's two ways to tackle that question. One of them was the process question and how they got that answer. Mm. And the other one is the key issues that led people to a no. Mm. So um, in terms of the process question, what they did was they got us to sit down at tables in groups of five with three sheets of paper, a red, a green and an amber. Mm -hmm. And in groups of five, we had to say yes, yes, but and no. Mm. And we had to put a statement for each of those. So uh, right from the outset, they were asking people to put yes, maybe and no comments. And in my case, I was at a table for that event where the whole table were just absolutely adamant no. Mm. So we really struggled to find something to put on the yes or the yes but sheet. But we went along, you know, we, we kind of tried to play along to the rules. So we put something on all of those. So to start with, we had this strange situation where you were collecting a lot more yes and yes but ideas than there was actually genuine uh, sentiment around the table. Mm. So the fact that we got an incredibly strong no under no circumstances at the end of that process of reviewing statements four times is really a testament to how strong the no is. But the reason that in terms of issues, why people may, well, why they moved, and I had lots of conversations with people who said, you know, I came into this thinking it was quite a good idea, really just a hole in the ground that would, you know, drive the economy. And they said, now that I've seen the detail, I think it's a crazy idea. And one of the main um, elements of that was this idea that we were going to bring in waste and just store it above ground for decades before we had sufficient funds to build a hole and bury it. You know, mm. so um, that people were really, really uncomfortable with that. They were mm. uncomfortable with that for a variety of reasons. They were uncomfortable with that because they felt that it put us at significant risk to have a stockpile of um high-level nuclear waste sitting above ground. They felt like there was a really big risk that the government might not uh, secure the funds they need and that um, we might never build the the dump and then it would just sit above ground forever. Mm. Or that the government may just do something else with the money because some other issue becomes a priority and then we're left with it above ground and we've spent the money on something else. So there were really genuine concerns about, you know, can we trust governments who are in for three years or four years to you know, manage a project that's going to take 120. You're hearing Trisha Drioli, a member of the Citizens' Jury, discuss the process and issues involved in coming to a verdict. There isn't time to play our whole conversation, but you can find a copy of the jury report online by searching for SA Citizens' Jury Final Report. I'll now cross back to Trisha for her reflections on what really mattered in the process. But the other issue that really had an enormous impact on me and um, and it hadn't really occurred to me until we had our sessions from stakeholders mm. where we sat in small groups and we heard different perspectives. And one of the stakeholders talked about the state government's poor performance around nuclear management. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, I didn't even really know. I had never heard of the Port Pirie uranium processing plant or I didn't know much about Radium Hill. Mm. Um, but a number of issues were raised and it really started to um, concern me that um, I really felt that this was a process in trying to get um, kind of manufactured consent in a way, but there was no trust. Like, I, I, I don't... Personally, I'm not convinced by glossy brochures and, and street stalls, but mm. if the government would really do a fabulous job of all its um, its other sites and clean them up properly, Maralinga and all the others, um, that would go a long way towards building some genuine trust. Poor performance, was past performance, was a really big indicator of what I felt I could expect from mm. the industry going forward. I feel so heartened that I felt like, I really feel like I can trust people to actually make good decisions. Mm. And it it felt like they were trying to tell us to stick to the facts and just look at the science because once you've looked at the science, you will be convinced that this is a good idea. And what came out was something quite different. What happened was people spoke from their values mm. and they they really said things like the Indigenous people, the traditional owners are saying, no, I can't ignore that. Or, you know, I have this very strong sense that the government is really not trustworthy or I don't believe that we have a moral right to impose this on 100,000 years' worth of future generations. Mm. So they were really strongly moral, ethical and value-based ideas that came out, even though... We were really encouraged and they were trying to guide us to think only about science. Mm. Did you come up with any ideas about better alternatives for SA's future among the jurors? Were there any sort of... Well, that's a great question because during between the second and the third weekend, um, a group of jurors actually wrote a report on all the other things that South Australia could do that would mm. be positive, clean, green initiatives for the state. And that report was actually presented to the Premier after all the official uh, presentations were made. Very often people were saying, we don't need to do this, we can do other things. That was Tricia Drioli, one of the 350 jurors who were asked to consider whether SA should host an international radioactive waste dump. We'll now hear from Karina Lester, a young Kunjitjara woman and chair of the Native Title Body, who has spoken out about the intergenerational effects of British atomic testing on her country, alongside her father, Yami Lester. I began by asking Karina about her involvement with the jury process. Um, my involvement on the citizens' jury process was that I was a witness in, um, in the whole process. I guess it was um, identified that they wanted to hear from Aboriginal people mm. and it was something that came out really strong from the citizens jury number one which was run probably around July this year and um, they didn't get a lot of Aboriginal people um, sharing their stories or talking about their issues and concerns back then mm. it was only a handful myself who did a, a, a pre-record to the jurors and they had IT problems and then mm -hmm. one who was there in person um, in his marsh from Adyamutna community, mm. um, and that was it. So this second citizens' jury number two, they um, made, I guess, it possible to have um, a two-hour session in the whole witness program in the afternoon of um, 
Saturday the 29th of October and that's when a, a good handful of us Aboriginal people got together to um, provide our evidence to the jurors on that afternoon. You know, the process could have been done so much better and mm. the time should have been allowed for people to travel down. And, you know, like we, I mentioned earlier, that we should have been given the opportunity to have jurors up on country with us mm. to really give them that because that insight, because that's what we had to try and value and make use of the time that was there it was two hours to somehow slot in a little bit of cultural awareness to these jurors to say, you you need to understand where Aboriginal people are coming from. Aboriginal people are coming from a completely different angle to many of those who were sitting in that room who were, you know, grown up and some growing up with, you know, white privilege of, you know, mm. having a good education and, you know, good access to health and, you know, live in a city and and unaware of issues that concern us in remote communities and, you know, but also the, the beauty that we have to share as well to, mm. to our non-Aboriginal people and that's our knowledge of our country and our culture and that we still have that strong, that we still have our language, that we still practice our traditions, that we still, you know, have this amazing knowledge of the many stories that is exact through this country. Like, we needed to somehow give them some insight and taste, but then also talk about our history, our, our history with nuclear, mm. um, going back to 1953 when we first experienced it, you know, the shaking of the ground and the black mist rolling, as Dad recalls, when emu mm. fields went off, um, and talk to them about this history, this history that Aboriginal people have with the nuclear industry. So not only from the testings, but also from, you know, the the first proposal of a, a national waste dump and how Irati Wandi um, campaign really spoke strongly against it. And, you know, over those six, seven years that they were fighting, um, that they had put legislation in place. So it was already illegal and mm. it was a lot to do with those amazing women who spoke so strongly against it and put the legislation in place in South Australia to stop any nuclear power facility or waste storage to be built or, you know, be established in our state of South Australia. And then, you know, there's there's histories there and mm. we needed to remind those jurors that Aboriginal people, which is a, it's a part of your South Australian history as well, have this history. Yeah. And then that we are still healing and grieving from that, that history. And it's not until you address the grief and the pain that people are going through on a day-to-day -day basis um, that you get true reconciliation. Mm. It was just another issue and a problem that was coming back onto our table to say, well, you be the solution of the world's problem and the world's problem is they don't know what to do with their waste. Mm. Um, but we can somehow cash in it. Mm. I know South Australia, for some reason, thought that they could, you know, cash in on this and build an international waste storage facility. So, you know, this was another almost kick in the guts to Aboriginal yeah. people again because we're not being treated as equals.
Mm. And that's where there was a lot of, I guess, a feeling of frustration. But at the same time, um, the real urgent need or the real um, need for us as Aboriginal people to express that to those 350 jurors, and we did. That was Karina Lester, and just a clip of our conversation about the citizens' jury process and broader issues of colonisation and radioactive racism. I hope to play more in future shows. This has been the Radioactive Show feature on the citizens' jury 70% absolutely no response to an international waste dump in South Australia. We will be sure to follow what happens next in future shows, but in the meantime, you can find out more at nodumpalliance.org.au or through the SA Conservation Council. Today's show was produced by Crunch at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne, on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Our show is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and you can podcast it at 3cr.org.au under Radioactive Show. And you can email us at radioactiveshow.3thenumbercr at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear-free future. Friends of the Earth invites you to our annual art auction. On Friday 25th of November, join us at Arena Project Space, 2 Kerr Street, Fitzroy, for Earth, a live and silent auction of art for Earth's sake. Viewing, bar, food and live music from 5.30. Auction begins at 7. Invite your friends, family and colleagues to help fund our national nuclear-free campaign and celebrate 40 years of holding back the nuclear industry and working for a clean energy future. Friends of the Earth is a 3CR supporter.